Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Uh, you can see in the NFL the trend of guys that most teams know are going to start on getting a lot of work in the preseason anyways, and so it's been good for the, the young guys to be able to show what they can do and get the majority of the reps. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Burns and Gambo. Straight up to the claw. On this Thursday afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. We are live from the Auction Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Scott, today, Gambo, what's up? What's going on? Uh, dude, memo to the security staff at the Diamondback game? Yeah. You guys oh. got to get in better shape. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I come on. That. I saw that. Guy. Like, you know, maybe work out once in a while. <laughs> like, hit the treadmill. Like, go to a gym. Uh, like, yeah. that guy would still be running right now if he didn't give up. <laughs> I mean, that's humiliating. You got 15 guys chasing two guys. You can't catch them. He was like, elusive, wasn't he? He was slippery. He was hard to catch. They had 15. How many guys did they have chasing them? Quite a few. <laughs> I mean, I choose not to run. <laughs> Listen, I mean, take a little pride. I'm just being honest. I'm being completely honest, man. Take a little pride. Like, you know, you might have to run any every once in a while. Like, you guys got to get in better shape. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Given the size of the crowds this year for the Diamondbacks, it's not like there's an overwhelming threat of people running on the field, you know? Two guys are running on the field and nobody can catch them. And, they, like, they'd still be running right now if they didn't give themselves up. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, I respect, you know, the job that you have to do. But can we, can we, get, can we get to the gym a couple times a week? Little treadmill action, little Man, cardio, little treadmill, like you know, a... maybe hire a trainer <laughs> or something. Get some M drive, maybe get some M drive. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Oh. It was only a matter of time. I, I didn't say it. Eric did. I'm just saying, like that's a that's a poor performance last night, boys. Yeah, it was girls. Great. Like that's a poor performance. It wasn't great. Could have been better. Wow. Been better. All right. Wow. Well, and, and the baseball team wasn't much better either. They lost. Mad Bum wasn't great last night. They're playing right now. They're winning one nothing. Emmanuel Rivera has a solo home run. Um, yeah, that's uh, they're losing. They're losing three one. Losing. 3-1. 3-1. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. This I, uh, Pirate series not good my, to either of us. No, huh? it has not been. It's I not guess, treated either one of us well. I guess my, Willie Stargell did walk through that door. I thought it was a scoreless game, and I thought that was the first uh, the Can- first run on the board for either team. My apologies. Candelaria shutting him down. <laughs> Kobe's about to come in. <laughs> Let's uh, weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. All right, so full disclosure, uh, we don't have a show tomorrow. And the reason we don't have a show tomorrow is because at 4.30, the Cardinals are taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in preseason game number one. And because of the pre-game coverage, it just knocks us right off the air. So this is our last opportunity to kind of take a look ahead, not only at preseason game number one, but kind of look back on the first couple of weeks of camp and kind of what we've seen, what we've observed, what we've heard, what we thought might happen, and how it all might kind of go into tomorrow's game, which, of course, you'll hear right here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. We've got a poll question about this. We'll get to it at the bottom of the hour. Certainly one of the things we're all going to be looking at is running back. 
I mean, when you start talking yeah. about tomorrow's game, we talked a little bit about Eno Benjamin yesterday. I would think this might be, for some, the number one thing they're going to be watching tomorrow. Who is going to be the backup to James Conner? Well, it's a battle. I mean, I checked on this yesterday. There's no question that it is a battle between Eno and Daryl Williams. Uh, you know, James, James Conner's the number one guy. Uh, Daryl Williams hasn't been flashy, but he's versatile in the run and the pass game. They like that about him. Eno, man, everything I'm hearing about Eno is how, how amazing he looks, but that he's also grown up a lot. And they view him as their most dynamic, explosive, natural runner. Now, uh, Keontae, um, the kid from uh, Ingram. USC. Keontae Ingram. Keontae Ingram, the kid from USC. They really like him. Uh, so I think those four guys, that's how it rates. I think right now it's James Conner, one, Keontae Ingram, four, and a battle between Williams and Eno Benjamin. Uh, but everything I'm hearing is that Eno looks like the most, di- the most, he's the most dynamic, explosive, natural runner they have. And he's got a real shot here. He's got a real shot here to be the number two running back. Now, there's still time, and I think they are going to use that time to determine which guy's number two and which guy's number three. Which is why I think if you're looking for things to look for tomorrow, looking for things to watch for tomorrow, that might be the number one thing, because Eno's obviously not a projected starter, but I, I would think he's going to get a decent share of the carries yesterday. I would think he's going to get a lot of touches. How does he look? Now, again, it's going to be against you know, first-string defense for maybe a series, second-string defense for the rest of the game. I get it. It's preseason football, and you always are cautious about how much you read into it. But for him, we talked about games like tomorrow and how there isn't a lot to be gained for guys out there. Right. There's a lot to be gained for a guy like Eno in a game like tomorrow night. Yeah, right? I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I, I don't because it's not that he's not going to make the team. He's going to make the team. It's just a matter of, you know, you've got two guys that are very close. You know Eno much better than you know Williams, but Williams has the better track record on paper because he's done it before and Eno hasn't. But now, so I think you... You know, you look into, in, into these next few weeks and these preseason games to maybe determine that maybe it really is. You have to have competition, right? I mean, training camp has to have, you know, we talk about competition to make the team, but sometimes there's competition for, can I move up ahead of a guy? It's not just, hey, you know, who's going to make the team in, uh, as the fifth wide receiver? Who's going to make the team on special teams? It's Sometimes it is, can I move up? You know, can I, can I become the second running back instead of the third running back. And that's what Eno Benjamin is trying to do right here. Marco Wilson is one of the starters, the projected starters, who's expected to get playing time tomorrow in preseason game number one. There aren't going to be a lot of them. Marco Wilson is one. Dennis Gardeck is another. Of course, Zayvon Collins is a third. Those are the guys who were kind of identified by Cliff as potential starters who will be starting in tomorrow, playing in tomorrow's game. Marco Wilson, he's been called out a little bit by Cliff, that one kind of infamous soundbite from about a week ago, um, in which he, you know, Hey, the jury's still out on him. The jury's still out on the cornerback room. And yeah. certainly when you start talking about changes that need to be, we're all expecting something to happen trade. in that room, right? Trade. Still, you're still on the trade. Train. Trade's going to happen. I believe a trade is going to happen. They brought a couple of guys in. It's just average. Um, it's very likely they're going to trade for one. I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is, but I believe that they will trade for a cornerback. That's where they can get the best player. Now, a lot of teams may not want to trade right now because, you know, you don't want to trade a cornerback and then have a cornerback go down. You're like, oh, damn, what did we do? We shouldn't have done that. So some teams will wait this out a little bit longer, try to get through most of camp and make sure there's no injuries. But I think that's what they're going to. We talked about the benefit of having a trade because you're not getting a guy that's sitting at home and hasn't, you know, he didn't do OTAs. He didn't do. 
like, like a Robert Alford, right? Who I, I I don't think he wants to play from what I've heard. But if you get a guy that's in somebody's camp, he's in shape, he's ready to go. He's just got to learn your playbook. He's got to learn your plays. He's got to learn your defense. But you don't have to worry about him being in shape. He is in shape. He has got practice reps. No, but you would like the learning process to start sooner rather than later, right? It's harder. It's harder because teams are very reluctant to make that I, trade early. I get it. It's just it's just you trade for a guy, and the chances of him just coming in and making an impact right away, it's probably going to take a week or two or even three. No, no question. Before he's really going to yeah. know what's kind of – so you don't get the full impact. You say you give up a fifth-round pick for a cornerback. You don't get the full impact of that guy. The first few you weeks. wait late enough in the offseason, right, then you, the first few weeks of the season kind of lost. We're not expecting any of the starting wide receivers to play tomorrow. A.J. Green, his first game back at Cincinnati, he's not going to play. We know Hollywood Brown's obviously not going to play. Rondell Moore's not going to play. This is a moment for, like, the Greg Dorches of the world and for the Andy Isabellas of the world. This is kind of their moment to, okay, we've heard about you in the preseason. We've heard about you during training camp. What do you got? What are you going to do out there? Sure. And for some of those guys, like it is, it is put, you know, put some film together. Let me make a couple of catches, make some plays, because if I get cut by the Arizona Cardinals, you know, a lot of, a lot of times, you know, when I check on things, it's all about the film, right? If anytime you hear about a player get that, hey, this player just got cut, this player got, got released. The first thing the team does is look at film. That's the first thing they do. They look, whatever film they can get their hands on, they look at film, you know, because that's how they judge it. Let me look at the film. Let me see how this guy is. And so that's these guys, that, that film could be given to somebody as well. So an agent's going to take the film of the preseason games and he's going to use that to the player's advantage if there's a team looking for, say, a wide receiver and a wide receiver gets cut. Legendary grunge band Alice in Chains heading to Auction Pavilion on September 10th. Limited tickets are available. You can win a pair right now by heading to the contest page. Go to ArizonaSports.com and look for the contest page while you're there. Now, when we come back here on this Thursday at first, the two teams at the top of Kevin Durant's wish list included the Suns. Now, apparently, there are two new suitors in this race, and they might just be good enough to push the Suns out of first place if they ever were there in the first place. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports. Kevin Durant. Watch. The latest on KD to the Suns with Burns and Gambo. Well, you need something from Philadelphia. We did the Boston thing yesterday. You want the I Rocky like, theme or something? Well, I just... The I'm only just, thing I like out of Boston, that band was magic. They had so many great songs. Aerosmith came out of Boston, too. Did they? Yeah, they were Boston. You yeah. can play Philadelphia Freedom. Um, Philadelphia Freedom. No, honestly, seriously. The worst Elton John song ever. I'm trying to think of a song even, about Philly. Even he, I know, I know. I, and I appreciate you doing that. But even he, during like his Goodbye Yellow Brick Road tour, you yeah. know, the first one he did three years ago, even he didn't play Philadelphia Freedom then because he's like, this song stinks. Oh. I'm, not, I'm, not pl- I'm not playing that one. Man. <laughs> I'll play all my other hits. When I'm you're not on your that final one. tour, you got to play the hits. You can't play the ones that people yeah, are going to leave. I think for. he discriminated that hit. I think he's like, yeah, I don't really like that hit very much. He, did, he didn't play wow. at the Gila River Arena. No, I mean, I appreciate you going Boston here, Mitch, because we are we are going to talk about Boston when it comes to KD. Good luck finding us a Philly song at some point, though. Good. Find one. Well, I'm going to find one. I'll leave it up to you. Surprise us. The Rocky theme so would be a good just, one. Just, just surprise us. Surprise, surprise us with a Philly song. Good bands that came out of yeah. Philly. It's just none of them are coming to mind that quickly. Does Delaware all. count? Sure, it's close enough. Is it close enough? It's close enough. Hooters. 
The Hooters. Are the Hooters Delaware? are from Delaware. I know. I was their. Uh, I was their bodyguard for one <laughs> concert tour. I had no idea. I, I was. Yeah. Actually, no, I did know that. I had just yeah. forgotten that I knew that. <gasps> was the reason why we're I'd talking about that? I knew that. I had forgotten that I knew that. Yeah. Now, but you had mentioned that once at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, the big report the, the, the that we spent a lot of time talking about was from SNY TV insider Ian Bagley, who talked about not only Durant's interest in the Boston Celtics, which was very interesting, but also Durant. Interest in the Philadelphia 76ers and whether that is going to be reciprocated or not. As you would imagine, in Philadelphia, this was big news today. I mean, there were all sorts of stories today coming yeah. out of Philly about, ooh, should the Sixers go after him? What would it take to go get him? Is this just a, a ploy that the Sixers are throwing out there designed to get Boston to raise their price to make sure they get KD in Philadelphia? Ooh. It doesn't get KD. But also, I saw that more than once in reading some of the Philly stuff. How many times did we say that there's going to be a team that's not even talked about that is in this thing? Yeah. How many times did we say that? Yes, we did. You know, many times. the Suns, Miami, Toronto. Okay, there's got to be a team out there that's in this behind the scenes, somebody that we don't know. And now all of a sudden this thing comes out, you know, Durant, you know, high-ranking members within the Sixers front office have felt strongly about engaging with Brooklyn on a Durant trade. And, oh, here you go. Okay, now everybody starts to put the pieces together. What would it take to get Kevin Durant in Philadelphia? Reunite him with James Harden. Maybe the third time would be the charm. Since Oklahoma City, they didn't win there, and they didn't win in Brooklyn. Maybe they could win in Philadelphia. Yeah, the um, the column that uh, we both read today from the Philadelphia Inquirer, quote, if Durant does, in fact, see the Sixers as a viable landing spot, the Sixers, well, this is going to sound familiar, the Sixers have little choice but to think about making an offer. After all, it's Durant we're talking about. Pairing him with Joel Embiid and James Harden would make the Sixers an instant NBA Finals favorite for at least the next couple of seasons. Opportunities like that do not come around very often. Same thing. I'm laughing Same because thing. you could seriously take out the Sixers and put in the Suns, yeah. take out Joel Embiid and put Devin Booker, take mm-hmm. out James Harden and put in Chris Paul, yeah. and it'd be the same argument that we've been making here for two months when it comes yeah, to Harden. Players like this don't grow on trees. They're rare. He's one of the greatest players that's ever played the game. I mean, he's a sure about Hall of Fame. He's one of the greatest players that's ever played. I have, he's such a great, great player that he, the, t- Boston, they're the favorites in the East. The Suns, a lot of people think they're the favorites in the West, and both teams are going after him. Why? Because even though you're the favorites, that's a guy that gets you over the hump. Like, that's a guy that that you would expect. You would expect that that guy gets you over the hump. Yeah, now they go on to speculate. If we're kind of ranking threats here, if we're still trying to figure out whether Durant's going to be on the move and whether he's going to be on the move to the Suns, and I get it. There are people out there who are questioning whether the Suns should even want Kevin Durant after everything he's put the organization through. His organization now. I get it. It's been very distasteful watching Kevin Durant do this, and it's turned off some people. I don't know if it's turned him off enough to not want him, but it's turned off some people. The story goes on to suggest that the Sixers' problem in all of this is they just might not have the draft pick compensation right. that that Brooklyn would be looking for here. They they can't trade a first-round pick outright until 2029. That's the first year they're allowed to do it. They could do pick swaps with the Nets the years the Nets have actual first-round picks they can trade, that they can swap, but if draft pick 
get compensation and good young talent is what Brooklyn's looking for. Philly might have the good young talent part. It's the draft picks where they run into a little bit of a problem. Yeah, and I'm just looking at their draft status going forward, and it's exactly right. They just don't have that ability. Now, they've got Tyrese Maxey, who is a terrific asset. Matisse Thybul could be a good player that they could add in the deal. And it says here, well, while the Sixers do not have a first-rounder they can trade outright, they could offer the Nets the, the swap picks, like you mentioned, in 24, 26, 28. And they, and they basically said that, you know what, it's not that bad of a deal. By the 25-26 season, you know, Embiid's going to be 31, Durant's 37, Harden's 36. There's a decent chance that that Sixers team may not be that great, and that, that swap of the pick might be good for them. So they're trying to sell it as the... Now, I, I wouldn't count on a swap. I would want an unprotected pick if I'm, if I'm a team and I'm making that type of trade. But it says a package of Maxi, Harris, Thibel, and a swap rights on the 26 and 28 picks might be more attractive than it sounds. Yeah, Bobby Marks talked about this today on NBA Today, and he says he thinks it's going to be a challenge for Philly to really get in this. It's going to be a challenge, right? Certainly we're talking about Kevin Durant here when we look at it from Brooklyn's perspective. But when you're looking at it from Philadelphia, basically the only player from a salary standpoint is a player like Tobias Harris. So when you look at Harris and certainly players like, as Matt said, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thybul, you're limited as far as what you're going to be able to trade out. You're not going to trade out. You know, certainly James Harden can't be traded until December. You're not going to trade Joel Embiid here. And he went on to say he just doesn't think it makes sense between these two. The pieces are there, certainly when you look at Harris and Maxey and and Thybul for Durant. But from a draft pick perspective, it doesn't make sense. If you're going to trade uh, uh, Kevin Durant to a team in your conference, you want Jalen Brown back, right? That's a guy that you want back in a deal, and you want draft picks. This, for me, uh, doesn't make sense at all. So are we worried about this? Are we worried about Philly? Are we worried about... We talked about Boston yesterday. It's funny. There's a report that came out today that Robert Williams III uh, will not be they available. They don't want to put him in a deal. That the Boston no. Celtics do not want to put him in any kind of deal when it comes to Kevin Durant. This is why, like I'm reading the 25 pick, the 25 pick for Philadelphia. They, that went to Oklahoma City when the team wanted to dump Al Horford in exchange for Danny Green. This is what James Jones avoided doing. He avoided putting himself in a position to where, oh, I I don't have first-round picks to give you because I had to get off of a contract, right. and I gave my first-round pick away to get off of a contract. So credit to James Jones because now I could give you four first-round picks. Now, you may not like where those picks are going to be, but I got four first-round picks. You don't have to worry swapping or anything. They're yours. You can have them. So that's where the Suns are still in a good position if it comes down to picks. If it comes down to players, I, I, think, it, I think it really depends on what the Nets want. Do the Nets want to get a better package of picks or a better package of players because it does not seem like they can combine the both of them in any deal that they make. No, it doesn't. And, and that's and that's exactly, I think, what's going on here is not only is Brooklyn kind of asking for the moon and the sun and the stars and everything else, but I, I do think they are kind of looking for that perfect package of great players and great picks. You know, the Suns can offer the picks. Do they have the players? The Sixers can offer the players. Do they have the picks? Right. They you don't, know, unless they get another team involved, right? But then you got to trade some 
somebody else to try to get a first-round pick. And that's what it might be. You might go to them, look, we like that package of players, but we got we need it. You got to figure out a way to get us another first-round pick. And to your point about the picks, and I read a story about this. I didn't include it in my email because it was lengthy, but it was good from our friends over at Bright Side of the Sun. And they kind of pointed out that if the picks are the priority, if the picks are what's most important here, there aren't many teams out there that can do better than the Suns. No. In fact, the only other one that can really match them is Toronto. Well, unless you bring other teams involved, if like you New bring Orleans in, or sure. Oklahoma City. But if you're just talking about a straight swap yeah. and you want as many picks as you can get in a one-for-one trade, yeah, the Suns can give you the max. There aren't very many teams that can do better. Right. You know, there are only teams that can do about the same as the Phoenix Suns right now. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we'll let you know what's going on with the Diamondbacks today as they look to win the series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And we'll also give you an update on the next generation of Diamondbacks players. They're close. The question is, how close? We'll try to answer it next on Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Okay, so this time tomorrow we'll be in the middle of our uh, pregame coverage here on the flagship home of the Cardinals. So no Burns and Gambo tomorrow. We'll be back on Monday. This is our last show before the preseason opener for the Cards. So, perfect time to roll out this question and Eric Ruby has this question for you. What do you got, Rubes? So, we talked about it yesterday. It's hard, you know, to maybe evaluate preseason, put a lot of stock into it, but there is some value in watching it. So, when you're watching it, what are you looking for the most? Your four options are the running back situation. That includes Eno, Daryl Williams, and Keontae Ingram. The offensive line, Josh Jones and Josh Miles. Potential starters that Cliff named that could be seeing playing time in Zayvon Collins, Dennis Gardeck, and Marco Wilson. And your final option, the pass rush rookies, MyJ Sanders and Cam Thomas. So, quick recap, the running backs, the O-line, potential defensive starters, and pass rush rookies. See the three or four for me. It's either three or four, but I'm going to go with four. I'm going to go with rookies. I'm going to go with the two young pass rushers to see if those guys those guys show anything that they can be, you know, that they can be a force for the Cardinals and get into the quarterback. They're all really good. I mean, I, I think that poll question is the most compelling case I've heard to watch tomorrow's game. Like, I get it. It's the preseason. There's not a ton of investment, but those are four really good reasons, I think, to pay attention for me. You know, I'm going to go with the backup tackles. I just, I, I'm going to go with the, the two backup tackles because I just suspect, given what we know about offensive linemen and how hard that position is, one of those guys is going to have to contribute this year. So I want to see which one of them is in a better spot to do it. I think that's where I'm going. Well, let's work backwards on this one because we're starting with your answer, Bernsey. 9% say the O-line is okay. what they will be watching. 18.7% will be keeping an eye on the running back room. 23.9% going with Gambo with the pass rush rookies, but leading the way. A compelling 48.5%. Those potential defensive starters. Gardeck is one to watch. Yeah. You know, I agree. There, there are some who quietly, not so secretly, I guess, believe that he is the answer to the pass rush problem. Like, who's it going to be? Who's going to do it? There are a lot of, there's some who have suggested that, hey, watch out for Dennis Gardeck. You know, like before he blew out his knee, he had seven sacks in like, what, 93 snaps or whatever it was. And then maybe he's the guy who can kind of answer the bell there. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get tomorrow, but he's a guy to watch for sure. Yeah, I think all of them are good. I'm about to see those rookies play, though. You can uh, vote 
for the poll question on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. One word, at Burns and Gambo, is where you can find it. Diamondbacks baseball, they're through five. They're losing to the Pirates right now by a score of three to two. Um, a so-so start for Merrill Kelly so far today. He struck out six in his five innings, but he's given up three earned runs. Gambo, that is the most that he has given up in a game since the 6th of July. So it's been nearly a month since he's given up three earned runs in a game. His ERA over his last seven starts, 1.49 is what he was bringing into the game. Now, he still has a streak of, what, seven straight quality starts. This would make it eight if he just gives them one more inning, as long as he doesn't give them another run. So he's been fine, but it's not been quite the dominant version of Merrill Kelly. That we've seen. But he's lately. been dominant all year, so I'll tell you what, we'll give him a mulligan oh, on yeah, that. I'm, just, the, I'm stating the best facts. I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I'm just I'm stating kind of what's going on in front yeah. of us right now. In fact, he's, he's, oh, he's out. He's out of the game. He's out of the game. So the quality streak starts. The quality starts streak is what the professional talker meant to say is over. Uh, five innings, three runs for Merrill Kelly. Uh, he's, he's been good enough. He's, he's been, been, he's he's been, been really fine. good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the Diamondbacks trying to win this series right now. They've got a Carson Kelly home run or Carson Kelly RBI single, uh, and an Emmanuel Rivera home run in the fourth, but uh, the Pirates are winning right now 3-2. Look, Diamondbacks are 10 games under five hundred, and while we're impressed by their ability to compete and hang in there, they've played decent since the All-Star break. There's no doubt we're all wondering about the future yeah. and what the future is going to look like when it arrives and when the future is going to arrive. And of course, when you're talking about that, you're talking about one Corbin Carroll and when he's going to get here. And he is off to a fantastic start in Reno. I mean, really hitting the ball well. It's been a limited uh, limited amount of at-bats, but he has played really well so far in Reno, and I think that's a, that's a good sign. Nothing is imminent. He's not about to be called up right now, but it does look like a September call-up is the likely outcome for Corbin Carroll. A September call-up, that is the most likely outcome. Right now, let me tell you what the difference is. Right now, See, he's a center fielder. But the Diamondbacks already have maybe the best defensive center fielder in the game right now in Alec Thomas. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is they're working on the corner outfield spots with Corbin Carroll right now. A little bit of left field, a little bit of right field, maybe a little bit more left field because of how good Dalton Varsho has been. But they're trying to get him acclimated to playing a corner outfield spot. Because as good as he is, he's not going to be better defensively than Alec Thomas. So he will, he will probably, very likely, play left field when he comes up because of how good Thomas has been. I'm going to tell you another thing, Bernsey. The Diamondbacks are fully expecting this is a one-way ticket. This is not a, there is not a return. It's just I'm buying a ticket one way. This is not, there's not a return trip. They feel, there's a feeling that when they call up Corbin Carroll, he's staying. He has dominated every level he's been at. Almost immediately from his arrival, right? Almost the minute he walked into the door from AA, he started dominating. Almost from the minute he walked in the door at AAA, he's been dominating. It's it's a lot to ask for him to do that at the major league level, but I can understand why. I mean, look, there are games that organizations play when it comes to service time manipulation. This is not and, a game. And it, it doesn't... So if, if you're telling me one-way ticket, not a game. that would suggest to me that that's not a game 
team the Diamondbacks are interested in playing when it comes to Corbin no, Carroll. This is not a game. I had his numbers earlier. I think I have. I've right got here. some of them right here in front of me. He's yeah. hitting four twelve in August. He was three for five last night. He's um, he's got three hits in three of his last four games. He's his last four games. He's ten for nineteen with three doubles, a homer, four RBIs, and two stolen bases. He has a nine game hit streak. He's yeah. just he's just racking well, up unbelievable numbers. So so the the expectation is, and I'm going to say this now. I expect that Corbin Carroll will be a September call up. That he will play the majority of left field. You still got Jake McCarthy that they want to get a long, long look at. So you got four outfielders that they really, really like. But when Carroll comes up, he's going to play. Like he'll get a day off here and there. But when he comes up in September, this is not. Hey, let's just. Get, he's going to play every single day when he gets called up in September, outside of the odd day off here and there. Well, I think I mean September's not that far off. No, we're 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 it's two August, weeks. It's August eleventh yeah, right now. You're, you're two a little bit over two weeks away from Corbin Carroll coming up and making his major league debut for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm telling you right now, I want to be there. Like I'm going to say, I want to, I want to be at that game. If you missed Whenever it, that game is, I want to be there. Keith Law, in doing his uh, reevaluation of the top prospects in the game, elevated Corbin Carroll from the 16th best prospect in the game to the number one best prospect in yeah. the game. That was just a couple of weeks ago when he did that. Now, the pitching, we're starting to see that a little bit with Tommy Henry. There are others down there as well yes. who are, are you know, we mentioned uh, Fat, who had pitched very well for Reno the other day. The pitching, we're starting to see them come up as well. Is it yeah. a similar timeline? What do we got here? Yeah, you'll see. I think you'll see Jamison and maybe even Nelson. Fat, his first two starts in Reno were outstanding, uh, but he's not he's not as far along as say Jamison or Nelson are. Um, so I do think you'll see Jamison make a start this year for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They've got uh, a tremendous stretch here where they've got like thirty five or thirty eight games. There's only three off days, so I think you'll continue to continue to see Tommy Henry pitch, and I think it's very likely that you'll see Jamison. He had seven innings his last time out was very good and then Nelson has been not great but solid. One more thing on the outfield is that I wanted to discuss. I know you know this but a lot of other people may not. When you look at their four outfielders they have one thing in common. You look at McCarthy, you look at Corbin Carroll, you look at Alec Thomas, you look at Dalton Varsho. Those four guys have all, all those guys have one thing in common and people are thinking oh, what is it? What is it? They all played center field at one time. They're all left-handed hitters. Yep. They're all left-handed hitters. So is that can you go with an outfield that you're gonna have to split it does, if you could split it up with it, you got a right-handed hitting catcher, a right-handed hitting first baseman, a right-handed hitting third baseman. If you get a right-handed hitting shortstop, you could balance that out a little bit. But it is interesting that all of their outfielders are left-handed hitters. Yeah, it's it's considered I don't want to call it a problem, but certainly it's it's something the Diamondbacks are obviously very aware of. They're very left-handed heavy, dominant team. I mean, when it comes to their position players, their top, what they do to remedy that, well, they'll have to figure something out. I think that was part of the reason why they targeted Emmanuel Rivera in the trade, because he's he's you know doing good, expected to do better against the left-handed pitching, and then he might provide a little bit more balance. Certainly not to the same level as a Corbin Carroll or an Alec Thomas, but looking for balance somehow in that lineup. Texas, your thoughts, the FanDuel text line. It's open for you at 620-620. Now, when we come back, the NFL preseason really begins tonight. Two games on the slate, a full weekend coming up. What are the things league-wide to watch for around the NFL as the preseason begins? We'll talk about that coming up. Burns and Gambo. 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo.
All right, so two preseason games tonight, and then, of course, the Cardinals tomorrow. The two games on tonight are the Giants and the Patriots. Mac Jones not playing. I think Daniel Jones is at quarterback for the Giants. And then the Titans and the Ravens, in which the Ravens will look to keep alive the most useless streak in the history of professional sports. What? They've won 20 straight preseason games. <laughs> you, oh, seriously, I would love to know why you love this streak. I don't know. I remember bringing it up to you like last year or the year before, and like and like and the Ravens haven't lost a preseason game in like like eight years or something it crazy is like that. The most useless streak. Bro, was the last time they lost a preseason game? What uh, year? 2015. 2015. They the last lost time they lost a preseason, preseason game. game. You're a young go, man. Ravens. You're a young man back when the Ravens. Back in 2015, I was. Won a, won a I was. or lost a preseason game. Uh, then of course the Cardinals tomorrow. There's a bunch of games tomorrow. There's a bunch of games on Saturday. I think one on Sunday, and then the preseason is underway. And we've seen stories kind of leaking in who's going to play, who's not going to play. A lot of guys not going to play. We've talked openly about not expecting a ton of Cardinals to play at all in the preseason. I don't think Kyler's going to play or Rodney Hudson or J.J. Watt. In fact, in fact, one of it's interesting. I meant to bring this up a couple segments ago. Okay. Albert Breer did some camp observations for Sports Illustrated, right? And he was doing his camp observations about the Arizona Cardinals and. One of the things he mentioned as a possibility for why the team has faded the last couple of years, Albert mentioned that Cliff was taking it really easy on veterans in the preseason, like really easy in camp on the veterans with the idea that maybe part of the reason why they faded towards the end of these seasons is that not that he was working them too hard early, but he just wants to keep them as fresh as he possibly can for the end of the season by just not asking any of them to do a lot during the preseason. It was just an idea. I I know. And then the the other idea is that uh, uh, Kyler fades because once November comes, the release of uh, Tech Mobile seventeen Albert Breer has didn't come mention out. That. It wasn't no, but other people have. Other people have Call of Duty. If I remember, Tech Mobile right. seventeen just came out. Actually, it'd be like Tech Mobile forty right now. That's um, they gotta bring that back, man. I gotta bring it. They bring that back. I'm playing. They bring Tech Mobile back. I'm in. Um, it, like I don't know. Like we we don't know why they faded. We just know they got to figure it out. Well, right? and I think that's but I think that's what Cliff's trying to do. Okay, like, like okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try taking it really easy on my guys in the preseason, my key guys in the preseason, and, and which is part of the reason I don't think most of those guys will play because I he's got he's got to try to figure it out. You know? Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think Kyla plays at all in the preseason. We'll see. Uh, I think our we had a good poll on it yesterday. I know what the final results were. We'll try to get that later. But yeah, I think that's a smart thing to do, especially with three preseason games and the risk of injury just doesn't seem worth it. Okay, so the things to watch in the NFL preseason. A couple of good ones. The pay, and this was an article from, I'm not sure what website this was from, but these are all there, there are a couple of good ones. A lot of them kind of center around quarterbacks and the quarterback competition. The first one that was listed was the Panthers weird quarterback competition. Now everything I've read about this the last couple of days is that there's nothing weird about it at all. The Baker Mayfield's running away with it. That I, I even read a story today that Baker Mayfield ran a two-minute drill for the Panthers, and the defensive players were so pissed that it ended in a touchdown that the defensive players said, let's do it again. 
Give really? A, I want to do it again. And he still scored a touchdown on them the next time he was out on the field with them. Yeah. Everything I'm reading is, came from Yahoo Sports. Everything I'm reading is that Baker Mayfield's running away with this. Yeah. I mean, he, they, they traded for Baker Mayfield because they, Baker Mayfield's going to be their guy. Like, he's going to be their quarterback. Sam Darnold's not the answer, right? I mean, they're stuck with Sam Darnold because they're, they're paying Sam Darnold. It was a terrible mistake by them that they've got to pay Sam Darnold. So, um, it, they're, they're saying that Matt Rule is saying no decision will be made until the final, after the final preseason game against the New England Patriots. That's when they'll make the decision. Trying to give Darnold every opportunity, but we all know that Baker Mayfield's going to start week one. The Seahawks starter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like I, 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 I said to you yesterday, I got a, you know, the, the, the trainer at my gym, Craig, he's a big Seahawks fan. He's like, oh my God, you, you don't want a quarterback. You want Geno Smith. That's who you want. Why? To lose. You want to lose. You want to get one of the top picks in the draft. You're not going to compete with the Rams or the 49ers or the Cardinals with no Russell Wilson. You need a quarterback. Have Geno Smith be your guy. Don't go get Jimmy Garoppolo if he becomes available. Let Geno run out there, lose you a bunch of football games, which he will do, and then go get a quarterback in the draft next year. The Steelers quarterback situation. This one is, I like this one. Is it the local kid and Kenny Pickett? Does Mitchell Trubisky, you know, take the Bulls by the horn and end up being the the guy that replaces Ben Roethlisberger? I like this Pittsburgh competition. Everything I've read about this one, I haven't paid a ton of attention to it, is that both of them have not been great (laughs) to start. Like, it's just been sort of, and I think I read today where Trubisky's going to start the Steelers opener. Yes, yeah. The preseason opener. So Trubisky's going to get that kind of first shot at being the starter. Um, but like Baker Mayfield running away with it. Geno Smith seems to be in the lead over Drew Locke. Everything I'm reading about this one is that neither one of the guys have really flashed. Neither one of the guys have really impressed. And no, it's Trubis- sort of a- I think Trubisky's a little bit ahead of small hands and will end up... Small hands? Small hands. Was that the thing with Kenny Pickett? That His hands were too small. Kenny Pickett had very small hands. Yeah. That's small hands. That was the thing with Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's one to watch. And then Deshaun Watson for talking about quarterbacks. The suspension. How much does he play during the preseason? What are they getting him ready for? Should they be getting Jacoby Brissett ready? I'll lump Trey Lance and the San Francisco 49ers in there. I, I Honestly, I think the biggest thing to watch this preseason is Trey Lance. Is Trey Lance. Yeah. I put I, this list that Yahoo had, I'd put Trey Lance number one. And I would put, honestly, Jimmy Garoppolo number two. Because I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the most accomplished quarterback who's available right now. Who's going to go get him? You know, who's what team right. is going to go get him because their quarterback gets hurt and they have to go get him? What team is going to get him if San Francisco can't find a team to trade him to and they have to cut him? Who's just going to go sign him? I think when Jimmy Garoppolo, when he gets cut, I think he's going to be highly sought after by several teams. Some looking for a starter, yeah. some looking for a backup. I think the quarterback situation in San Francisco is maybe the best thing to watch this preseason. You know, look, over the last three years, Garoppolo's taken that team to an NFC Championship game and a Super Bowl. So you may not like him, but he you know, he finds a way to, to win football games. You may Now, they say it's, it's necessary that they had to make this switch, and I got it. All the inventory they gave up, they moved up, they got Trey Lance. Uh, it's, it's time to see if this kid is the real deal. So they are they're all in on Trey Lance and we'll see where Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo I think unlike Baker Mayfield I think Jimmy Garoppolo I think teams are going to really want Jimmy Garoppolo. I agree. With Baker, I think there's a lot of teams like they didn't really want him. Carolina was just desperate. But I think with Garoppolo, if he becomes available, teams 
feel good enough about him that he can win a, win a bunch of football games because he has. I'm going to make a prediction. Yeah. I think by the end of the season, I might rue the day I said this. It's a great question. Where's Jimmy Garoppolo going to end up? No. I, oh. think, I think teams are going to want Baker Mayfield at the end of the season. I think he's going to go into Carolina. I think he's going to do a real good job. I think he's going to do a good enough job that Baker Mayfield not will by that. have rehabilitated whatever damage he's done to his image, whatever damage he's done to his status in this league. I wouldn't be surprised that all we get to the end of the year, Baker Mayfield is a somewhat sought-after commodity at the quarterback position based on the, I think he's going to go and play with his hair on fire in Carolina. And I think they're going to respond to that really well. I just have a feeling. I have a feeling he's going to go in there and light it up. You think he makes Cleveland regret it? No, 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 because they've got a better one, you know, assuming he can play. They've got a better quarterback in Deshaun Watson. I just, a team that the Atlanta Falcons, the, you know, a team that the Seahawks, if they don't get the number one pick, I mean, something like that. Like Jimmy Garoppolo, I was thinking about him. If you're Seattle, you mentioned this yesterday. You don't want Jimmy Garoppolo. Why? He's going to win too many games for you. Too many games. He would be like, like, there are some situations Jimmy G could start in. I think there are others where he could go in and, and be a great backup in case things. Because you need a guy who's going to come in and win a bunch of games for you if your quarterback is out for a month and a half. Don't or you two still months. view him as a starter, though? Um, I don't view him as a backup yet. I don't, but I, I think, think he, he could. Be, would, I think he could beat out ten quarterbacks in this league, no problem. I think he would be a primo backup in this league, right? But you know, primo. primo backups don't get you know don't get paid a lot of money. Ooh. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to want to be a starter. Well, a big not difference like st- starter money and backup. Not money. like starters do. Some of the best primo backup quarterbacks get paid a pretty penny, but not like starters do. No, I just he could still start. I just think as a backup, ooh, he could. Keep your eye on that Mayfield thing. The Mayfield thing's interesting. You might be right that he goes out there and plays really well. Yeah, we'll come back. Kevin Durant on June thirtieth said, "Trade me," and then on the next day he said, "Pay me," and he was well within his rights to do the the second of those. We'll talk about it coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show.